0: Thanks for tuning in again, everybody. We're back with your favorite podcast, Luca's Tigers and Bronze. Oh, my.
1: All right. Well, let's just let's just get right into it. We're going to have a little bit of a different kind of a special Friday morning, Friday afternoon episode for you guys in Luca Nation. Um, Yesterday, we met with Jesse from PWCC. Awesome episode. And Really, if you listen to it once, that's one of those episodes you might wanna go back and listen to a few times to really pick up the nuggets of gold because PWCC is complex. They have the vault, they have the consignment, um, they have loans and a whole variety of things that you could utilize them for. Today, we're gonna to do a QA. and a Thank you guys for submitting questions to us. Uh, we're really, really excited to get to them. Cage, before I jump into the questions and we do kind of like a rapid fire because there's a lot here. Uh, yeah. All over the place, uh, so I don't know if there's going to be any continuity to them. So please bear with us. You want to say anything? Any two, three words? Top of well, mind. I'm excited for this. I mean, the Q and A
0: um, episode is now one of our top episodes, you know, listen count wise, and um, you know, it just kind of it goes in line with you know what we said we were going to bring. Right, we're going to bring some value to folks. Um, You know, and we want to, we want to ask you, we we want you asking questions. We want to be able to answer them. And, you know, it's really just a, let's talk, you know, let's, let's, let's get these things out there because, you know, I'm glad the folks shared these questions with you and you're gonna be able to read them out here because guys, if you have these questions, there's probably 10 other people listening to this that have the same question, just didn't ask it. So you're asking it on behalf of them. You're asking on behalf of the audience. So yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm excited to do this. And keep in mind, I'm just one guy, one guy who has been in the hobby for a long time and basically spends every waking moment on eBay and researching and the whole deal. Um, my opinion is not the end-all be-all on this. Um, but uh, so, so you know, so what, I, what I'd love is if somebody hears this and disagrees, you know, comment, let us know. And then we can continue that conversation, point, counterpoint. Um, that's one of the cool things about this hobby, Right. You know, you can get into a fight with somebody about anything. You can talk about politics. You can talk about, you name it. And and no, I'm right. No, I'm right. You dig your heels in. Right. You know, one of the coolest parts about, about this hobby to me is, you know, I'll get into it with somebody about a card or about a brand or about a sport or whatever it is. And they'll say, no, I don't agree with your take on Kyla Murray. I think he's better than you say he is because you know they, they got him a weapon, they got a wide receiver, and plus look at his schedule and look at the next five games, and you know he's got a clear path to the playoffs. And if he makes a playoff, well, you know people actually put thought into it and and really do like uh, you know research and the whole deal. It, it's it's uh, it's passionate, but it's it's data driven. So I, I love some of the conversations I've had with with so many folks on this. So it doesn't end with this. You know, if you got something to add on, you disagree with the take or whatever it
1: is, comment. Let's hear it. Hundred percent. The 95. So, first question for Mr. Chiswell. Kind of like that, that handle. Mr. Chiswell? I love yeah, it. Chiswell. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> 95 Top Sun Charizard Hollow sold for 37 k last night at Population Report. 18 of those. So, 18 Charizard Hollow, 95 Top Suns, PSA 10s, I'm assuming. Is that card still undervalued, Cage? It sold for
0: thirty seven thousand dollars. Is that something we can? Is, is that something we can look up? Right. Top Sun Charizard, because mm-hmm. I'd be surprised. I, I can tell you this is a card that I personally looked at myself uh, last year. If it's the foil one that we're talking about, most likely, um, and it, it, you know it. Um, yeah, look at that. The Top Sun Hollow Foil PSA 10, 1027, It sold at PWC for thirty seven thousand dollars. Is it still undervalued? Okay. So, I'm going to answer this in a way that people who collect this card probably aren't going to like. I was looking at that card last year at about five or six thousand dollars. Okay, and now it's 37.6, right? So, think about the multiple on that, right? But Charizard has had crazy multiples. Um, and that card was slightly more than what I paid for my PSA 9 first edition Charizard. So if you think about it, I could answer one way, and that is, yeah, it's still undervalued. Because if you want to talk about price comparisons, um, these were similar in price. They were four to five, five to six. They were in the same range of price for for. And I'm talking about the Pokemon game first edition Holo Charizard PSA 9 was about the same price as this. And on the same day, a PSA uh, 9 Charizard sold for $55,100. And I think it was a little underpriced because it's an old label and not the best copy of the card. And this one's only 37 So if you just do quick analysis that way, Charizard to Charizard, I'd say, yeah, this has room to run. But here's the, the caveat on this. I didn't buy this card and I didn't go heavy on the top sun cards for a reason. I know Jeremy Padower. Hopefully, you're listening to this because we love you and we're gonna have you on again. I know he's huge on the top zone. I think he needs one card to complete a PSA 10 Top zone, hollow foil set. He might need like vaporion or something like that. Uh, you know, one of, the, one of the one of the the lesser names, let's call it. And he's been high on these on on this set and a lot of other 95 to 99 um, Pokemon cards, the Charizards, the Pikachu's, and 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 all of them because they are low pop. But let me let me throw one out there there are two sides to the equation. It's not just supply. It's also demand, right? And you would be foolish to think that this card is going to have the same kind of demand as the 1999 Wizards of the Coast first edition set, or even maybe even the Shadowless on that. And the reason for that is no one knew about these cards. These are not cards that kids had in America and they played with And they had themselves in a binder and they, you know, this was the card. This was the artwork. This was the nostalgia. This was the deal. It's kind of the reason I'm seeing the evolution set from 2016 go up in value because it's the same artwork as that first set that everybody played in 1999 when it came to America. The 96 Japan, same artwork, Uh, the Japanese version of it, that first set, the one that's the real 25th anniversary next year. These cards are great and they're low pop um and they are of the same character right they're the same charizard they have the same pikachu they have the same the same deal and, and clearly there's demand for them but the demand is never going to be the same as the demand there is for the wizard of the coast stuff and i think you got to keep that in the back of your mind before you start thinking all right well if the psa 10 charizard is you know two hundred fifty thousand dollars, this card should be a 100 I, I don't i don't I don't think there's going to be that iconic flex of this. If somebody, you know, Logan Paul or whoever it is puts up on Instagram, a picture of the Charizard PSA 10 from wizard of the coast, 999, everybody knows what that is. All the kids who played know what it is. You put this picture up and only the guys who are out there specifically buying Pokemon cards as an investment know what it is. So I like the card. It's definitely appreciated a lot in the last year. I don't, if i had to do a yes and a no i'd say no it's not undervalued it's appreciated a lot and i think it would it's going to have a tougher time continuing to go up in value just because i don't think the demand for it's as high
1: so it's a lot for the first question but i love it those are cool cards nba market a few nba mm-hmm. questions here uh so ryan bitter mm-hmm. where's ryan and mr tank top kind of asked similar questions uh, so, so ryan and sammy what's up guys yes sir good memory cage um uh, I'll ask them both and then you could kind of, you know, navigate from there. Will the NBA market peak this year be bigger or smaller than last year? So he's saying, it's a great question. It's a great question. Tammy asked, Do you expect the upcoming basketball card season to be the best this year? So I kind of think they're asking the same thing.
0: Yeah, it's sort of the same, but you know, you can ask it two ways. Is the peak of cards going to be bigger this year than next year? I, I might answer that yes is the set of cards that are going to come out this year, like a draft class, the specific cards from this year are going to be better than last year? I'd answer that no. So let me, let me peel that back, right? So I think there's going to be more demand uh, for basketball cards in general this year. I think you're going to see a bigger peak for basketball cards than we had in the last two years, just because of all the people who have come out, um, started investing, started buying, started flipping, more people in the hobby. Now, I don't know that that's going to in turn cause more demand for the nineteen twenty uh, for the 2021 basketball sets, just because the draft class is slightly weaker. Now, keep in mind, I think they're going to, I think the, the, those products are still going to sell. I think you're going to have one or two rookies that do enough, whether it's, you know, LaMelo ball or Anthony Edwards or Wiseman or, or somebody you don't even know who is going to be pick number eight or pick number nine on a team and have a, a good year. People are going to chase whatever rookies are hot that time. But I think what you're going to see more of is you know what we saw last year? Zion and Jao were great, but people went back a year and started buying more Luka and Trey, even Devontae Graham, my guy, Michael Porter Jr., you name it. I think that now you're going to have this year's class, that you know, the 2021. But but in addition to that, you're going to have more people jumping on Trey and Luka as Luka progresses and becomes an MVP candidate, if not the MVP. You're going to have people go a year back, Tatum. You're going to have people, you know, going back into the Giannis cards, you name it. So I think... Um, while this year's releases might not be as hot as the 1920s with zion as the top of the class you know real big feeder i think overall the basketball market's going to be stronger than it, than it was in, in the two
1: prior years i think the lucas silver might be a 12 to 15k card i love it wouldn't leave. surprise me Is prism from johnny john t18 is prism a premium product now Pretty simple. it's been the premium product, but yes. You know. But I think what he means is,
0: when Panini would tell you a, pr- a premium product, they would think of something like flawless, mm-hmm. um, you know, or National Treasures, you know, where it's it's sixteen thousand dollars a case for these things. You know what I mean? When you're trying to buy them at retail, you, know, you go in and try to buy these from these guys, um, you know, four bucks case, ten cards, a couple thousand dollars. Um, but yes, I, I think the reason why you consider Prism a premium product now is because the market trend has shifted into buying premium base cards and parallels of those base cards. Um, I think that those RPAs are always going to be considered premium. But now with the liquidity, the PSA 10s, the Luca, the Luca Silver, as you talked about, as being the go-to investment card for, for folks, I think if you're going to be prospecting on a player this year, Let's say you are a big Anthony Edwards fan, or you're a big Wiseman fan, you know, or who you just want to buy the rookie for whatever team you root for, the card you're gonna to want to go out there and get is the Prism base card of that player. That's just become where our community goes to invest. That's become the the stock of that player. So yeah, definitely Prism's the premium. Um cough.
1: Cough stock.
0: <laughs> Oh, you, I thought you were telling me to cough. I
1: was like, "Oh, <laughs> oh sorry." What would you rather have: a Trey Silver PSA ten or a Luca and Donovan Mitchell PSA ten? Hmm.
0: So nice. a Silver or a Luca and a Donovan,
1: right? So I think the values are a, you You'd rather have, to... have a Trey Silver Prism PSA ten or a Luca and a Donovan Mitchell base PSA ten. I think the, so, probably both are around two thousand bucks total. Well, I mean, I think probably the
0: tray is a little more, but but you, let's just you, let's just say that assume they're the same value, right? So yeah. tray is like seventeen fifty. Yeah, right. And Luca's is about twelve. Yeah. So you're probably right. So let's just let's just assume they're both at two, right? Assume whatever market changes. Of, I think I would go with the. So it's funny because I have a lot of tray silvers, so clearly my money is on Trey right now. Um, but I think if you tell me right now you give me two thousand dollars which, and you're putting those two things in front of me, I'm going to buy the Luca base and the Donovan Mitchell base. And here's why I love having more options. And, you know, part of the equation that we're going to tell you guys, whether you're prospecting, whether you're putting your money in, you name it, if you're going to buy guys, buy three guys, buy three guys you like, buy four guys you like. And if one of them doesn't hit, let's hope one of the other ones does, you know what I mean? Um, And I think if you're giving yourself Donovan Mitchell, who had a great bubble um, and Luca, who's as steady as they come, chances are both of them aren't getting injured. Both of them aren't taking a step back. You know, you're going to have at least one and maybe both, maybe you hit a home run on both of them, but chances are that that at least one of them is going to improve on last year and make sure that your investment goes up. And you have even just, even just by doing two players, you've now diversified your investment. Whereas, you know, this better not happen because I got way too much in it. But you know, Trey hurts his knee. Knock on wood, everybody. You know, something like that, or he comes out and you know has a couple of stinkers to begin with in the beginning of the season, and people move away from him. Um, you know, you you have all your eggs in one basket there. So I always try to you know spread that money out um, across
1: blue chips if I can. Plant Street Collectibles. He had a few questions. Um, first off, love this guy, man. He's so positive. He's so complimentary. Uh, the feelings mutual. Plant Street. So uh, thank you. He yeah, has thanks, Point Street. Favorite treat. coffee. Cage doesn't drink coffee, so I'll take this. I don't have a favorite coffee brand, but I have a favorite roast. And I love I love light roast coffee. So what happens? Light roast coffee actually means that there's more caffeine in it. It's just less produced. Uh, dark roast, actually contradictory, uh has less caffeine uh because they 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 roast it longer and it loses a lot of its flavor. So I love light roast coffee. That's just me. Now, he also- Light has- roast. Light roast. Love light roast coffee. You don't
0: have like a Starbucks over Dunkin' Donuts or any like preference there?
1: I don't, I don't drink Starbucks. Chock, chock full of nuts. The uh, heavenly coffee. I love, I love coffee from Costa Rica. So you have to understand coffee comes from different regions in the world. And I don't know them that well. Uh, but like I think Sumatra is Indonesian coffee, Costa Rica, mm. uh, Costa Rican coffee. I love light roast Costa Rican coffee. Huge fan. All right. Two questions and um, Coughstar asked this and Plant Street Collectibles, uh, and it's talking about BGS and PSA. And I'm going to weigh in on this too because I'm a little bit, a lot of it. Well, I'll read the question and we're going to talk about something here. Go ahead. Is it worth cracking a BGS Quad 9.5 to try to get a PSA 10. And the same question opinion on buying PSA 9s and resubbing into bgs nine fives go ahead man i'm gonna let you
0: start off with this one even though it's question and answer coffee with cage and you know what's my favorite coffee it's funny we have a coffee with cage and i don't really drink coffee but i drink diet coke over here um and that's gonna be my coffee but it just sounds a like catchier coffee with cage it's diet coke with cage it just doesn't have the same ring to it um but yeah man you just did one of these you just tried to cross a bgs over to a 10 so go ahead and answer and then i'll give my my spiel on it as well 'Cause I've done it. I've tried crossing over BGS and I've tried crossing over SGCs and I'll tell you what my what my thoughts are. Go ahead.
1: This is pretty cool, man. Darren Ravel, if you go to his tweet, I was I wanted to pull something up real quick, but a Michael Jordan PSA ten is at Well, It's two- 96 plus bias premium. The golden
0: auction one, I watch it. Yep. Cool, cool, cool.
1: So we'll 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 monitor that. That's closing tomorrow um but let me find this let me find this let me find this real quick no i want you to talk about your bgs cracking over to psa yep it will it will it will okay so last night some guy uh posted a thread his name's matter Hertz. he submitted a card to to bgs it was a really sick card it was a jason dominguez on card auto patch it's the upper deck with his glove the franklin glove did you see it that's cool yeah it's a cool card Mm BGS responded that it was a questionable patch. And then they sent the card back damaged in the mail. Oh. So they put it in a top loader, a fat top loader, didn't tape it. The card was moving completely over uh, through transit. There was a little pen mark on it, just completely damaged. You could go to Darren Ravel. He retweeted it. Did a good job retweeting it because it was fucking horrible. It was one of the worst things I've ever seen.
0: So how does that extrapolate out into the question
1: of should we crack cards out from BGS? Go Mm -hmm. ahead. In the year of 2020, if I would find one negative about sports cards, it's been Beckett. Beckett has been hands down the worst of the worst when it comes to this year in sports cards. One, they've raised their prices completely. Their prices are astronomical now, double what they used to be. Their turnaround times at the same time are triple what they used to be. So they've increased prices, but turnaround times have never been higher. Okay, that's number one. Number two. I've graded cards with them that have had dings on the corners, like that LeBron that I've listed that got a BGS 10. Their grading has been horrible, man. It's been so inconsistent. I bought a LeBron tops Chrome, which had a 10 centering and nine fives everywhere else. My buddy and I inspected it. It shouldn't have gotten higher than a nine. The edges were pretty beat up. So why do I say that? Would I crack PSA nines to send them to BGS nine fives? Yes. Would I crack nine fives to send them to PSA? No, because I don't think they're converting really high. Uh, But bigger picture, I am losing a lot of faith in BGS as a brand and as a reputation. Something doesn't seem kosher over there. It doesn't seem like they care about their customers very much at all. Uh, So for me, as much as, and I've recommended this play to Lucination, So I'm a little bit like kind of disappointed, I guess. I just think I just, I'm steering clear of BGS. I'm selling everything I have that's BGS and I'm not going near them. So the question then is
0: cracking. So you've talked about a card that they graded higher than you think you would grade on its own. So, so also you're not thrilled with BGS would you crack a BGS nine and a half out after inspecting it yourself or you couldn't inspect it until it was, you know, because it was in the case. You, you didn't realize that the, the corners were not as good until you got out of the case. And you're like, shit, now I'm going to send it to PSA and it's going to be a nine. Um, do you just leave it in? Do you sell it? I mean, you're
1: saying you, now you're not a fan of cracking? I'm not going to crack it because I mean, and you have to inspect the card, right? Because there are BGS cards that can cross over really well. Yep. Uh, but it's really hard to inspect the card through photos so you kind of trust the subgrades right yep uh and when i got the card and i inspected it it just was no dice the subgrades were way higher both for the corners and the edges than they should have been so to cross over it's it's not going to cross so my answer on this guys is pretty straightforward i have done
0: it a million different ways i've tried to send over sgc and bgs slabs to psa in the slab And I um, have never had success actually having them cross them for me. Now I know people who have, especially, you know, BGS quad nine fives or nine fives with some tens have crossed over 10, depending upon what the card is. um, It's definitely something that can be done. Um, I've cracked cards out and tried to send them. And I've had, so here's why I don't do it, because I'm a little more risk averse than everybody. Right. And um, I've had some horror stories. I have tried to, and also this applies to the PSA nines as well. I cracked out, um, Let's just say it's a 1993 Derek Jeter card. I won't tell you which one it is, but I bought five of the same card in PSA 9 that I thought looking on eBay pictures were really nice, right? And I sent all five of them into PSA. I sent all five into PSA at the same time and said, all right, I want to grade I Cracked them all out myself. I figured out what's the worst that could happen, right? They come back all as 9s again, not a problem. I I lose the grading fees and it's worth the gamble, right? Four came back as 9s. And you're excited for a second, aren't you guys listening? Because the fifth one came back at 10. No, the fifth one came back minimum size. So I took it out of a PSA 9 holder that obviously was graded PSA 9, and they didn't have a problem with the size when it was graded the first time. But the second time I sent it around hoping for a 10, not only did I not get a 10, but I got the card back as they won't grade it. And this is an important thing, especially depending on what kind of card you're cracking. Uh, Certain cards, the PSA grading standard changes on them. This is what I what I had explained to me by PSA when I when I called them up and I said guys here's the 9 this was a 9 you know like this was almost like an experiment and they're like yeah yeah we'll never know you know you, there's no way to prove it blah 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 but they explained they said on this particular card um you know the the measurement on what they would consider within the reasonable grade from the factory the reasonable measurements changed and now my card which was graded as a 9 was graded as you can't grade it. And I had that happen with a bunch of cheater cards, different versions of cheater cards. I had one that I had in an SGC old holder, 96 SGC, that I thought was clean. It looked so nice. The corners had no white on it. This was a 93 I love, card. I
1: love the old SGC holders with
0: like 96.
1: Yeah, 96 it's like, um, you, it's like you got an A+, plus, but your teacher didn't want to give you the 100.
0: Yeah. So I'm like, this is a cool card. You know, it might have been 98, 96, whatever it was. But it was, it was a really nice card, really trim, really awesome, like really nice. I use the word trim on purpose because I sent it into PSA, hoping I'd get a PSA 10 on it. I'm like, this is awesome. Um, and, of course, they sent it back and they said, you know, evidence of of altering. And I'm like, all right, this thing was in an SGC holder. Like, that's not possible, you know. How can, a, how can an altered card be in an SGC holder? And you would be surprised how many there are. I sent it back to SGC. You know what they said? Evidence of trimming. And I'm like, guys, here's your old holder. And here's the fun of it. They sent they 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 sent it back in a lower grade SGC holder after evidence of trimming. So I mean, guys, it's so subjective. I'm not gonna tell you not to do it, right? Because I think if you send the same card in 10 times, it's gonna get three different grades. I think you, you know, let's just say you're cracking a PSA nine out of a case. I think eight times you'll get a nine back. Once you'll get a 10 back and once you'll get an eight or evidence of alteration or recoloring or so, I just think it's so subjective and so crazy that, you know, if you have a card that's worth that money and, you know, you you don't mind uh, the time and the money, you know, that's fine. But remember, there is that one out of 10 shot that you're sending in an expensive enough card that PSA may send it back to you and say they can't create it. It's altered, you know, and then what do you do? Right. So keep that in mind. And I'm not speaking that this is just like one of those fairy tales, you know, like Bigfoot uh, or whatever it may be. Um, but it's happened and it's happened to me on more than one
1: occasion. It seems like it's happening more and more with BGS. I don't trust them. I steer clear of them. And I actually think a PSA 9 is shrinking the margin between a BGS 9.5. Uh, and I'll go on record here. I can see in the next five years a PSA 9 selling more than a BGS 9.5.
0: Oh, 100%. A hundred percent. I'm with you. A hundred percent. I've told you that I told you, I just don't buy BGS. We, we, when, when, when we started this, I told you, I just try to stay away from the BGS 95. And the reason for that is I really has nothing to do with BGS. It has to do with the, the, how entrenched PSA is with the market. Now, if people are buying, look at rally, look at fractional shares, you know, it's, it's a set, a PSA 10 set of cards, you know, it's a PSA 10 of a card you know what i mean so so that has become the measuring stick stockx right
1: it any favors either like you know the where they could have done so much with their brand they've been quiet they haven't said a word they have they've only in my opinion been negative they've been the one negative to the hobby let's keep moving so we don't bash bgs yep. here Go ahead. how much do you consider from this is the boulevard of cards really like your logo the boulevard It's uh, i think it's the colorados uh, mountains with the Sun coming up in the back, Pop. A boulevard of cards. You sure it's not Costa Rica? You sure he's not like the mountains of Costa Rica with your
0: light roasted coffee? No?
1: The boulevard of cards, the B-L-B-D of cards. He's how right. much do you consider media presence when investing in a modern, I think he means player, currently active ATH? I I don't know what that means. He's so I think he's talking about like, um, how much do you look at Fern- Fernando Tatisa's Instagram and media presence before investing in him?
0: So, I mean, media presence or media coverage, I think they are both they're both are impactful, especially on a baseball player, um, because baseball doesn't do much in the way of promoting their own guys. Uh, but yeah, it, it is definitely something I look at. We talked about this with Tatis, the perfect example, right? He was getting a lot of press, you know, cover magazines, you name it, like the future of baseball, the face of baseball. And, you know, I think we'll harken back to this, right? It's supply and demand, Right. I think for cards to go up the way they do, they need to have demand. And they need to have demand outside of the you and the me. There has to be a mainstream demand for that player. There has to be a mainstream demand for his cards. Somebody has to say, you know what? You know what I'll do this year? I'm going to, for Christmas or for Hanukkah or for Kwanzaa, I'm going to go out and I'm going to buy my kid a Fernando Tatis rookie card. I'm going to make sure they have it in their collection. When I start building up a baseball card collection for them. And the reason why they go out and they do that, that they go on eBay for the first time buying cards is because they went on their ESPN app and there was an article put out by ESPN about Tatis and how he's having fun and bringing the fun back to baseball or about Juan Soto and Ronald Acuna and how they are going to be the, you know, the next, you know, uh, Mickey Mantle and Hank Aaron for, for, for as long as they're going to play for the next 10, 15, 20 years um so yeah a hundred percent you see press out there it's great and it, and it goes a, a million different ways right um look at what the last dance did for michael jordan's cards you know you look at what documentaries do look at what you know espn 30 for 30s do for these guys um sammy sosa's cards went and spiked for a little while there so yeah um you know and a cool little tip for you is you know take a look at people who have documentaries coming out right I mean do we know of any sports figures who are gonna be doing documentaries going forward right is there any are there any on the horizon um I, I we're too late on this one right but Mike Tyson's cards are going up right
1: because Iverson, it, he was gonna have a documentary or no
0: Iverson already had one yeah I just watched it with with uh, with my son it was a, it was a great movie uh a great documentary uh Vince Carter had one but I mean you know th- those are the kind of things Especially the question seems to impact, you know, talk about like current players. What they do on the field is going to impact their card value a lot. But this is like, you know, an added bonus. If it's somebody who's also getting press, that's great. And and let me take it one step further. It's not part of the question, but the media and the market matters, right? So, so Yankee players, Dodger players, we talk about this when, you know, Gavin Lux didn't have a lot of run, did he? I mean, obviously, Kiki Hernandez and Justin Turner, and, and you know that, that lineup didn't really need him for the World Series this year, and and that was, you know, that's not good for people buying Gavin Lux cards like myself who are stockpiling them. But next year he'll play, and he's going to be in the Dodgers, and his cards going to be worth more than somebody who might even be performing a little bit better in Cleveland or in Milwaukee. You know, pay attention to that stuff. If if offseason we'll rumors come out that uh, that Giannis this year is going to be going to L.A. Or going to New York. I mean, hopefully he doesn't play for the Knicks because that's the end of his career. But going to a market where there's going to be press about him, it's great. It's one of, besides the fact that he's never won anything, it's one of the, one of the negative spots on, on Trout for his whole career. He's playing in the wrong time zone, right? He's playing in games that are too
1: late. You know, I mean, you don't get to see him as much. So I look at marketability and likability. Yeah. And I think how much your Instagram or how many followers you have is, is a portion of that, but it's not the whole thing. Ryan Givens asks, uh, what are your thoughts on some of the Jeter rookies you didn't touch on with slab stocks last week? 93 score, 93 score select, 93 upper deck non gold hollow, as well as some of the 96 rookies like his team tops. And there I add the tops bazooka because <laughs> people have heard me crap on the
0: bazooka lebron so so know. you can you can take this question by the way for almost any player who's no longer in the league right so the reason why i mentioned the cards that i did is because they were low pop high demand cards right so those are the ones that you know if you have people who start a fund let's say who are going to have an alternate investment and they're going to be looking to get blue chip, best players, you name it, and they want to buy a Derek Jeter card to put in that fund next to their uh, Michael Jordan rookie. They're going to get the 1993 SP card in as high a grade as they can find, right? Um, that's why we talk about that card. Um, Luca, they're going to pull a Luca silver card and put it in there. But, but Andrew and I talk all the time about different Luca plays, right? We talk about the optic, we talk about the hoops, we talk about the Dunris. The cards you mentioned, the score, um, you know, his 96 rookie cards, Uh, you know, his, his, his top space card. I mean, he's got a lot of cards and he's got a Bowman card in there. Also just a regular Bowman um for Jeter. They're all great cards and they're all cards that are not going to go down. They just haven't seen the same run up as the cards that I mentioned in my slab stocks video. Um, Cause they're not the cards that people search out for and, you know, not to keep bringing the same belt, but it is supply and demand. Right. So, so You know, if somebody decides I'm going to go out and I'm going to invest $1,000 in Derek Jeter, chances are they're not going to be looking for the cards you mentioned in your question there. Now, ultimately, those cards will go up because if the top-level cards go up, it pulls those cards as well. But, you know, my take on somebody like that is to try to buy the best card and the best grade you can uh, afford for whatever your budget is. So... um. You know, Jeter, I would not be going after his, you know, his scorecard, for example. Now that's not to say it's not gonna go up a little bit, I'm sure it will. Rising tide lifts all ships, right? But uh, you know, there's just so many other options out there for him.
1: Ian card coloring. Oh god. <laughs> can, you, can you break a 2017 optic football? Not an optic <laughs> ball box. Can you just break the football? Can I break a football? Well, listen, he's Ian. Ian changes the name of his account
0: pretty often. It's Ian card coloring now because he likes to color cards for me. Um, I'm pretty sure that's one of his Christmas list. Uh, you know, asks he wants a, a 2017 optic football box. Is what, yeah, and he he liked that. He, he colored that. It's a little Patriots, uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers combo for Brady. Tom Brady. So, I'm glad that Brady's
1: in Tampa Bay. Are you glad Brady's in Tampa Bay? And Listen, then he, Dex- he commented on it one day later. Just saying Brady. Just saying Brady. Brady. He <laughs> likes Brady. Listen,
0: Dex, You know, I, I don't know what's going on in that kid's brain, but he, you know, he has fun with it. So, so 2017 optic. Uh, I actually like optic for basketball as a bargain play. Like you know, whether it's whether it's you know mega or
1: um. There's lunch here um oh, I hit, I work lunch hits different when catered work lunch hits different let's keep moving yeah, so, let's keep it moving oh uh, you don't want me to answer my son's question about optic <laughs> no go ahead please you'll, you'll answer it. breaking up <laughs> i'll answer it
0: later. yeah breaking optic footballs
1: you go ahead. So glad brady's back in, so glad brady's in tampa brady you go, brady hodge. chris hodge chris hodge asking questions he asks pointed questions he's trying he tries to trip me up and and i love this first one i'm interested to hear your take he has a few here where will the kobe market be in a year which nba player will unexpectedly shatter expectations next season Mm -hmm. which panini nba product isn't getting its due which panini product is overrated and why do cards have value Let's start with
0: the first one. I love Why do cards have value? I like it. I like it. What, you know, what, what if C-A-T really meant dog? You know, I'm
1: going to answer number five real quick. What I think about is cool about cards is only are they a store of value. I think when you own cards, when you own art, when you own coins, when you own collectibles, You can share an experience with someone. So it's not only the fact that you can invest in them and make money with them, which is good. And there is the demand and supply and the scarcity and the store of value, which is so important. I think the added layer, the cherry on top, that's super important is the experience that you can share. You can signal who you are and what you're about. And I think that's really important because that's what we're all really doing. When we post a photo of our Pikachu's looking all fat with yellow and red cheeks, we're saying, "Hey, I'm collecting this." When I post my Kobe cards, I'm saying, "Hey, I love Kobe." Uh, and that's signaling. And, and it's—I kind of, don't think it's virtue signaling, but I'm using that in like parentheses. Uh, you get to share a little bit about who you are and what you're about.
0: I like it. I—I I, I think it's—it's it's sort of like wearing the jersey, right? It's wearing the jersey of a player. Mm -hmm. right you know you know i'm showing my support for that player this is a guy i'm buying stock in that player and you're doing it with the card but yes there is there's more to it than that um it is it's the community it's the folks listening to this right now you know thinking i'm gonna be a kobe guy or i'm gonna be a jordan guy or whatever it may be right so um why does it jersey
1: plus the stock right so we always wore jerseys to show off like hey Mm i'm a sixers fan i'm a knicks fan whatever so the cards have that component, but they also have the component of being able to invest in the success of the player. And I think the combination of those two factors are why they hold value. hundred percent. I think I
0: think that is that's it with cards. It's like a stock of a company, only the player. You know what I mean? And that's it's and it's more fun. It's more tangible. You're able to take pictures. Who's taking a picture of, uh, of the screen of their TD Ameritrade saying that they own 100 shares of
1: Apple? Who cares? You know? This is a little bit of a cooler way to do that. Go ahead. The thing is when you invest in a company, the reason a company has value is based on their potential future earnings, right? Whereas here, we don't have, we don't really have that. With with a company, you don't show off the company's stock certificate. Like, hey, take a look at me. I own that stock. But you also are buying stock
0: in Trey Young because of the stats you're expecting him to have next year. That's the stock part that I was talking about. Yep. Okay,
1: let's go back. So Kobe, to- yes, where were Kobe? Yeah, in a year.
0: So I like Kobe. I, I happen to not own many Kobe cards. I have a uh, um, two have, autograph cards you have, of
1: his. The silver though, which is a beauty.
0: I do. I have I have I have two autograph cards, one for each kid, and I have a 2012 Prism Silver PSA 10, um, which is a nice card. It's a pretty cool card. Um, I think if you go back to one of our prior questions, uh, we were talking about like media and that. I'm I'm pretty sure there's a Kobe documentary or 12 coming out soon um you know last dance style i'm sure there's going to be you know if it's not next year it'll be the year after or whatever it may be but there's definitely going to be oodles of Kobe movies and documentaries that come out he'll always be in the conscience um he'll always be relevant he is he is one of those guys that they talk about um you know i'm in the game because of him i model my game because of you know i model my game after him so I expect the basketball market to start to heat up pretty soon, if not already. And I'm noticing it, guys. I'm noticing it already in my eBay stuff. The guys who you think are going to be hot, the Trey's and the Lucas, you can still buy their base cards and you can still buy their silver cards for a little more than they were. But you know what you can't find anymore? Things that were there a couple of weeks ago, they're colored rookies. The Reds and the Blues, they're all scooped up now. People are buying those on the, this is the off-season buy. And that's going to trickle down to the silvers, and then eventually to their base cards and Zion, Ja, you name it. The, the guys, you know, Tatum, you're going to see the, the the bottom is in, and you're going to see the things start to rise. And when that starts to happen, and um, enough of those cards start to go back up the way they were last year, you're going to see another bounce in the vintage cards, the the blue chip guys, the you know the Hall of Famers, the goats, you name it. Because if Zion's card is going back up to thousands of dollars. And Giannis's card is thousands of dollars, then Kobe's card can't be half. You know what I mean? And it's just, you know, it's it's just part of the equation, right? And while Kobe and Michael Jordan and Shaq are not out there playing, when you see the demand for basketball cards come back during the season, it's gonna be silly looking to have people buying cards of you know, players who have been in the year for a year or two for more money than a Kobe rookie with a similar pop or significantly less pop. So I think that's, what's going to wind up happening. I think, you know, just like happened last year, the current guys started to go back up and then people started to say, all right, you know what? I got $5,000 here. Do I buy one or two cards of this guy who's played for a season? Or why don't I just buy the guy who's already done it? The guy who's already won three rings and is already in the hall of fame.
1: So I expect to see Kobe's cards go back up next year the Kobe market is, is really an, an anomaly. Kobe's this interesting guy because he, he covers the vintage market, but he also covers modern, right? Yep. I, I saw something from the Adam27 uh, guy, I think is his handle. He sent the um, kind of an analysis on the Jordan, LeBron, and Kobe cards. And he compared the quantity of LeBron, Kobe, and Jordan cards released in the rookie year And believe it or not, LeBron has 5X the amount of rookie cards that Kobe and Jordan have. At the same time, Kobe has way more autos than any of those guys. He signed with Panini really early on, and he was signing a ton of cards. So what scares me is the pop of Kobe cards, even though he's not playing. So like – as much as there is a lot of demand, there's also a lot of supply for his cards. That's why you d- you did see, for example, his tops one thirty eight card. That card shot up in price to five thousand for the PSA ten, and it came right back down to twenty five hundred because there's just so much, so many sellers. I do think what's going to be interesting is China. Kobe is a legend in China. Like as much as we know Jordan here, Kobe is is just. You Read the quote that LeBron said about Kobe when he went to China with him. It it was insane. He said it was like the Beatles. So I don't know, frankly, what's going to happen with the Kobe market. Kobe is a legend. If I were buying Kobe cards, I would buy really unique auto rookie patch autos or patch autos. I love his exquisite upper deck. I think with Kobe... One unique higher end card is way more valuable than than the base craze uh, that people are kind of getting into with the Lucas. So, like, I've sold a lot of my tops one thirty eight uh, cards, and I'm I'm looking to upgrade to an auto, an auto patch. Like, I love the upper deck exquisites. Uh, so, so that's how I see it. I think scarcity uh, and flight to quality is where I would go with Kobe. I like it. Well, what were his other questions? Which NBA player will be will unexpectedly shatter expectations next season? That's a cool question, Chris.
0: Yeah, I mean, we could do it by year even. You know, you could do it by, by. you know, is there going to be an 18-19? It didn't say a rookie. You didn't say the whole deal. Um, for the rookie class, I'm hoping the kid Wiseman, who no one's really talking about, goes to the Hornets and uh, and has a good year. I'm, I'm expecting big things from him. But don't go out and buy all those cards, guys, because I want to buy them all. So that's number one. Um, you know, so the the, the interesting thing is surprise-wise, who is going to surprise people and have a good year? Um, you know, is it bad to say that s- surprise? I think Zion's going to surprise people with how poorly he does. So you know, if you're looking for the biggest surprise. I have next year. I don't think Zion is going to live up to expectations because I don't think it's possible for him to live up to the hype and the expectations that he, that that have, have been put on him um, this year. Um surprise to the upside. So the,
1: the two guys that came to mind were Ben Simmons and Embiid. So I I, I don't necessarily, and don't let this confuse you with that I believe yep. them because I don't really believe in the Sixers, but I do think they've made a lot of moves in the offseason that if you put them into a soup, could turn out really good. So okay. I, I, think, I think it might, think about it. These two guys, these are perennial all-stars. These are guys that are in the superstar conversation that haven't taken the next jump. This just have made some moves in the offseason to help them make that jump. So it may happen. I'm not saying it will happen, It's, it's potentially could happen. All right.
0: I mean, listen, it makes sense. I mean, to me, I almost read the question as, you know, who are going to, who's going to be a surprise entry into that most improved player discussion, kind of like a Devontae Graham would have been the answer to that question last year. Like he kind of came out of nowhere from the 18, 19.
1: Couldn't Benson
0: be the most improved? I mean, I guess he could, but he was already very good. It'd be hard for him to improve his points and, you know, by 10 points and his rebounds by three, you know I mean? It'd be difficult. The guy's already an all-star, but yeah. I mean, I think if Ben Simmons improves his game as much as you think he's going to, it would be a surprise. So I I think it's a... I'm not a
1: big Ben Simmons game, but... He is an all-star, but he was compared to LeBron. He has LeBron's build. He has LeBron's game, if you kind of look at it. He was a baby LeBron. So... Shouldn't he be putting up 32 points, 10 assists, 10 rebounds a game with his build, his stature, his athleticism? Yeah. I certainly yeah. think so. so. I'll give my pick for the,
0: the, the Devontae Graham this year for next year. Um, and it's going to be R.J. Barrett. Um, I think that he's kind of really flown under the radar. Um, you know, he was the guy who was the second fiddle to Zion at Duke he was that third pick in the draft and jaw was just that good that everybody forgot about him. i watched his games. He's a little quiet. He's a little, but you know, and, and I almost like I've sold most of my RJ Barrett cards to be honest, because I watched his games and I was like, all right, this guy does not, he doesn't really command respect out there on the court. Um, you know he's he he just has a quiet game. he's he's not he's not going to the game, right? You know, he's not he he's he's not directing it. He's not making people better. He's not looking for a shot. He's not really doing anything great. But then i you know, I started doing some research on him. He's so young, you know what I mean? He's get you forget they they played one year of college and they come out and they you know they, you know a year of NBA under his belt. and you know, while I don't expect the Knicks to put such a great team around him which for his stats should be a good thing. My hope is that this year they go into it and they say, okay, you know, RJ, you're not a rookie this year. And you know, you were a, a the number three pick and we're expecting big things out of here. The team is yours. It's your offense. We want you to take as many shots as you can. We want you to do, you know, whatever you can to create your own offense, create your own shot. Um, and I think you're going to see some, some big number increases out of him from last year to this year. So you know, if the question really is who's somebody I can start investing in now who did not have the year people expected last year but has some significant upside and could surprise, that's my guy. Zach Levine. Yeah, I like Zach, but he's already doing 20-something points. And we talked about it. We had a whole episode on him. And I expect he's going to, he, he's going to average close to 30 points a year if not, if not 30. Panini product that isn't getting its due and a Panini product that's overrated a Panini product that's, that's overrated is mosaic. Mosaic football specifically. We'll see what happens with basketball. And we'll tell you that the Panini um, prism for basketball is going to come out before mosaic basketball this year. So it's going to be, I mean, it's a little later than, than usual. I, I think prisms coming out in like either February or March, which means, you know, season's most likely going to be started, you know, compare that to this year when prism for Zion and then these guys came out in December, Right. So it's not going to be there for the holidays, not going to be there for your Christmas buys, you name it. Definitely later release. Um, Mosaic football. I mean, I think it's as overrated as it gets. I can't believe people paying, you know, I a time I saw people paying $75, $80 for a blaster of football. That's a $20, you know, retail blaster. And you're not getting $80 worth of cards out of there. I think they've come down a little bit from there, but I think they're going to come down even more when the other releases start to come out. A panini product that's not getting its due. I'm not even gonna I can't even think of one. Right now, everything is so expensive, everything is so hyped that it doesn't matter what comes out. You saw encased came out? What were they encasing BGS sixes? I mean, some of the cards that were coming out of those cases were just like ridiculous. I can't even believe they put them in slabs. Um it's 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 almost like they could put whatever they want in a panini, you know, product and say, here you go, go for it. Um, you know, buy this. Go ahead, please. I have one. Can't Flaw- wait to
1: hear it. Flawless non-rookie cards. Okay. I think those are – I think that's – like for Kobe, for example. I think the flawless patch autos of Kobe's are gorgeous, and I think they're under, under the radar of play. They're not underrated because it's still like probably a $5,000 card, but if you really compare it, a flawless rookie patch of Kobe, let's say it's 5000 bucks out of 10, is – And compare that to the prism silver Kobe PSA 10. Yep. It's half the price autographed. He's not signing any more autograph and then game worn Jersey. That's a gorgeous card. Yeah. I mean, listen in, in that regard, I like that. I think, you know,
0: you could buy national treasures cards that are not the rookie or the RPA for a lot cheaper than what those boxes sell for. I thought the question was, you know, Hey, a product that's coming out that doesn't get its due um we'll take it your way there are a lot of really cool cards you can buy after people break these products for significantly less than what you would think given the box prices i think the flaws is a good example mm-hmm. i was able to pick up some cool anthony davis like national treasures patches with like you know, three color jerseys for ian for like five ten bucks you know i mean and it's a national treasures project project so you know you know that's a high-end product and you're still able to buy those cards just because people are looking to get back whatever they can on it
1: now Yamwax, wax i wonder if yeah, you- yeah. You, I hope you understand what he's talking about. Which Bubba Wallace prism card would you invest? Uh, I do in? the first 2016 rookie card with no RC shield, or the 2018 Cup rookie card with the RC shield. Okay, so this so, guy's is the NASCAR driver for those. Yes, ones.
0: and he has two rookies. And a lot of times, this is this is a difficult thing, right? Um, you know, which one to buy, which one to invest in, and everybody's looking for which is the one that everyone's going to jump on. So this one's a little bit easier for me because we've had other, other, um, other guys who have rookies in different across different products in different years. Um, I always like to get that rookie, that RC on it, but I'm not concerned here. They're both PRISM cards. So he's got a 2016 and a 2018. They're both PRISM. Go with the 2016. I would go with the card that's first. And I think Yam's onto something here with Bubba Wallace, right? Because who's the new owner? You know? Mr. Michael Jordan. Yeah, man, Jordan getting into NASCAR. I think NASCAR is one of those untapped, uh, untapped, uh, you know, sports card markets, if you want to call it. I mean, you know, where where people are going to start to look. It's a every argument that people have given me for soccer cards exploding applies to NASCAR as well. It's a hugely popular sport where the cards are, you know, really they have not carried on yet. They have not really got picked up. Um, and it's an audience where people normally did not buy cards for it. Soccer, you know, people in Europe don't buy cards. Soccer was not a huge card thing. The same thing applies to NASCAR, but I don't hear people talking about NASCAR as like, oh, let me go buy the the Mbappe for $5,000. So Yam's on to so a lot of good stuff. Um, but yeah, that I mean... That, definition
1: that, when they zig, he's back.
0: Yeah, but, but Yam, the 2016... I, I know the 18 has the RC on it and between me and you, it's a cool looking card, but people are going to see, okay, he's got a 2018 prism and a 2016 prism. You go with the first prism. That's just, you know, and it's not like he's in a college uniform or something like that in it, you know? So um, I do the 2016. Yeah. it's a great question. I've actually heard that from
1: other people. Love it. We're getting towards the end here. B daily sports cards, our guy, Bryce, you're the man off-season buying seems to be very talked about topic right now it's a good point because it seems everyone is telling people to invest in basketball now before the new season do you think enough people are listening that it's resulting in an upward trend in the market yes i think the answer is yes i think if you
0: look at the market it's already there and you know what's funny is there's a little bit of uncertainty about the off-season this this off-season is even crazier than usual right because we haven't seen that that Rush to buy that you normally would see in the off season because you had a start date, you'd have a calendar, you'd know when those things are coming. Um, and this year we've had talk of December 22nd, but nobody's confirmed that as a start date. But you saw an uptick in buying when that rumor came out. But people are pumping the brakes a little bit about on their off season buys because there is the fear that maybe they don't start till February or March or talk of April. I've seen articles talking of April as a restart for the NBA. I'll tell you, Bryce, and it's a little fun for you guys to to get just from our episode. I think that the off-season basketball buying kicks into gear a week from today, uh, November 6th. So I think you have uh, a few days left to start buying the guys you want to invest in for next year before the prices start to go up and I picked November 6th for a specific reason. And that is release day of prism draft picks basketball. So on November 6th, the college prism draft picks, the same Zion had last year where everybody went nuts. There was Zion draft picks, $50,000 for the Zion out of five or out of 10, you name it. That's release day for the first um, basketball product with next year's draft class. Now it's tough because we won't know who's on what team yet. Cause drafts not until November 18th, but that is a draft product coming out, will hit the street. I'll have some of it myself, I think. Um, and what you're going to see is people are going to start to focus on basketball. It's the offseason season now. Um, it's within two weeks from the draft. Uh, that release will be out there. You'll see it start to hit eBay. And you'll start to see the same phenomena that we see all the time, which is you'll see somebody try to pay $500 for a silver LaMelo ball. And people will stop, look at it, and say, maybe I'll buy two Devontae Grahams for that instead. Or maybe I'll buy uh Zion. Or maybe I'll buy a Ja. Or maybe I will buy a Kobe instead of spending the 500 Because if LaMelo Ball's college draft pick card is $500, there are bargains to be had
1: elsewhere in the NBA. Um, so, that's a great I, question. <clears throat> I've go ahead. defined patience for myself and trying to find my spots and picking the spots. I have a theory that around christmas time there's actually going to be a sell-off okay people are going to be liquidating their cards to be buying christmas gifts to be buying gifts for the holidays uh going on vacations i think with holiday spending what makes this year so unique i personally am going to start buying in early january maybe late december because i do envision a sell-off uh and this is a unique off season uh so i that's how I see it. I actually don't think there's going to be a lot of buying. I think the card prices are going to drop in the next month or two.
0: Wow. Give a, give a reason why. Because you think people are going to be liquidating to buy things for the holidays.
1: I think people are going to be buying cards for the holidays. <laughs> um, <coughs> thanks, man. But think about what people do around the holidays a lot of travel, a lot of Not vac- this year, a Not lot of this vac- year. Maybe. I, yes. I, maybe. I, I disagree. I think people are still going to be doing that stuff, but we'll see. It's, it's unique. Look, France cool. and Germany are in lockdowns again. I think you
0: could see another situation like we had in the beginning of this year where people are home with nothing to do but eBay buy. So we'll see what happens. You know, numbers are I going think, back
1: up. we're going to start buying presents and start buying more consumption. I agree. And you so, know what? Now,
0: my kid's not the normal, typical example of kids out there, but he started doing his Christmas list, and the top
1: six things on it are sports cards. So, so I think there's going to be 5% of people that understand that buying sports cards for the holiday is like buying like a Disney stock. Right. Remember how you used to get like stock certificates from grandma? Yep, like, yep. Uh, I do think that happens. I This is just a theory. That's, that's how I preface it. Now, Drake Sports PC, my guy. He has a few questions. Yeah, Drake has a lot of questions. I love it. So let's give him a shout out. Oh, he said, I thought this would be a good discussion. You have 15000 bucks, Cage. Okay, deposit into your account. What do you buy? Do you buy five shares of Amazon stock, one LeBron Tops Chrome PSA 10, and uh, one LeBron Tops Chrome PSA 10, and five Luca Prism PSA 10s, one Tom Brady SP Authentic PSA 9, three LeBron Wade Mellow Flier Trio RCs, and three Trout Tops Update RC PSA 10s, or an MJ 1986 Flier RC PSA 9?
0: I got. I have what I like to call analysis paralysis because I stopped listening after like the third one. There's too many options, right? So, so I'm gonna weed them out, right? So the last one was the Michael Jordan PSA eight, right? So I love PSA Michael 9. Jo- PSA nine. PSA, those PSA eight. Um,
1: PSA nine is around fifteen k. So
0: yeah, and- it's around around fifteen thousand um, dollars. It really depends on what your hope is for this money. Right. So, um, if it's, if it's put it in and forget about it and invest it over time, right. And you're just done. I don't think you can go wrong with that. Michael Jordan. I think it's almost akin to, was it? Apple stock yet on there? Or Amazon stock. Sure Amazon five shares. So, so, you know, I think those I'm going to put in the same bucket, right? But I'm not here to, uh, to make slow money on the majority of my stuff. I have my Jordan and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sit it down and it's going to go in a safe deposit box and I'll give it to my kids. Um, I like a little bit more of a diverse thing. So I, I like his option of the couple of cards, right? So there was LeBron, right? There was, there was a couple of other ones that were in there, right? So here's, I guess, what you're asking, right? If I had $15,000 to put into cards right now, what would I do with it, right? And it could be 10000 it could be whatever it is. Here's what I would do. I'd split it up into three groups. I would put one group of something that I really want to buy to have and keep forever. Sort of like your Kobe RPA auto idea, right? Mm-hmm. Something that is blue chip, there's not a ton of, it's got low pop. It's one that I want to have. I can show it off. I can I can show it to people. i say, this is a cool card, but it's one I have no interest in selling anytime soon. I think it will appreciate over time. It's not going to double next week, but it's one where, you know, as those Kobe cool RPAs come off the market, they just disappear and there's no more of them. There's no more supply on them. I would do that, a blue chip, something like that with a third. The other third, um, so the next third, I would do... Um, quality young players i probably would put them all in like um trey base luca base um psa 10s um job based psa 10s ones that have room to appreciate there's a little bit of risk to them um there but there are guys who have already played a year played two years played three years maybe some tatum um where chances are they they appreciate um and they have some ability to really appreciate if they, if they really do well, kind of like Luca, I'm expecting this year, the final third, the final third bucket is going to be something that's really high risk. Right. I don't know if it's, um, um, you know, a rookie, uh, a prospect, somebody who, you know, has a real shot to hit. I might buy five baseball prospects. I might buy a bunch of, you know, basketball prospects for this year, you know, uh, um, Something that's like a real high risk, high reward, just with a third of it, right? So that you're taking you're taking a chance with your portfolio. That's something that might 10x, right? Um, something like what Pokemon did when I invested in Pokemon. Um, you know, do some research, do a baseball rookie, you know, something like that. Um, you know, a baseball prospect, something that is, that's not coming out. Buy a whole bunch of it and see whether or not you can really hit a home run on a few of those. That's what I would do with my with my money. We always talk about diversification, right? Um, I know I, that didn't answer the question entirely, but it really does depend on what okay. your risk appetite is and what you're trying to get out of this. Um, and the way that I'm doing it by splitting it up those ways, you have a lot of fun with it, right? You're able to gamble. You're able to bet on a player or two or three young prospects. And if they hit you really do well, um, you're able to also do a little bit of risk, a little bit of gamble on somebody who's more established, but still young and can approve. And then you also give yourself one of those blue chips.
1: Love it. We are approaching an hour. We only have maybe 10, 10- 10, minutes left with questions so we're, we're towards the end uh is it worth ryan balthazar is it worth investing in any football mosaic rookies or is it best to just wait for prism i have some pc stuff in mosaic but not sure if it's worth going after to slab and resell.
0: okay so uh, people yeah. really seem to like mosaic right people really do like they like mosaic but Unless we're going to see a seismic shift, and I'm, Mosaic's going to have value, guys. Optic has value. Other cards have value. So I'm not going to say these cards are going to go to nothing, right? And if you're buying nice, you know, limited cards of these people, numbered cards of the rookies, they're going to always have value. They're going to be fine. Um, I just worry about what happens. It's something we haven't seen, right? I mean, Mosaic standalone, this is a new thing. And um, and it's the first time that Mosaic as a standalone has dropped after has uh, dropped before the regular one, right? So, you know, last year's basketball class, the prism was already out. The prices were already set and mosaic came out afterwards. So there wasn't this rush for mosaic and then everybody sold their mosaic to buy prism. That's what I expect to happen. Um, I'd be very surprised if people were not selling their uh, graded or lots of Herbert mosaic cards to trade up to Mosaic Prism cards. So if you like them, if it's a guy you want to keep and you want to add um, Mosaic, you know, one of these nice limited ones, PC ones to your collection, by all means, go right ahead. But if your thought is, let me stockpile Mosaic base PSA 10 Justin Herberts instead of stockpiling Prism base PSA 10s, I think that's a mistake.
1: Better investment from sealed wax or individual cards. Yam Wax responded, and this answer answer may have shifted today. Some money guys just opened the 375 first edition base box only to find it was resealed and fake. What do you think? Better investment? Wax or individual? They have a second one, right? And we're not going to talk about that Pokemon
0: box again because it just gets me angry. Better investment. It depends what you want to do with your money, right? I think the better fiscal investment might be sealed wax for the right wax, like that Pokemon box. That's not going down. It's obviously going to continue to go up. It's one of those. In
1: 2019 Prism would be another. Yeah,
0: 2000, 2018, 19 Prism, 100, right? And 100%. and and Andrews talked about this because you're able to basically capture Chris Hodge, House of Jordan's question by keeping it sealed. I might be right that R.J. Barrett for 1920 turns into be the 2021 darling of the league. He becomes you know in the conversation of a most improved player. I might be wrong. It might be somebody else. It might be Cam Reddish. It might be DeAndre Hunter. It might be who knows. If you have a sealed box of that 1920, you've invested in all of them. You've caught whoever that improved player is going to be. You're able to get Zion and Ja and you name it. You're investing in all of them. You know, that box might not have all of them. <clears throat> We've seen it with sealed product all over the place. I, you know, for auction, I see 2003 basketball sealed product they sell for a lot. I see 1993 SP ba- uh, baseball. Social sells lot for the possibility of getting a mint Derek Jeter in there. Um, so sealed is great because it allows you to invest in the entire draft class in a product, you name it. Um, I could not do it because to me, it takes all of the fun out of the hobby. Um, I like to have the cards. I like to buy the cards themselves. I like to invest in players. And also, I like to rip wax. I mean, if I had a sealed box of Prism in my closet, I would have opened it already. You know, first of all, Ian probably would have opened it and then told me he did it after the fact. But 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 I would have opened it myself. Because I mean, boxes of cards to me, and I know this is blasphemous to people who invest in sealed product. Um boxes of cards, they're they're meant to be open. I mean, you know, they're not designing these gorgeous, shiny cardboard pieces for us to see to keep them in, in in plastic. And I know there are sealed you can find sealed anything online. PSA slabs, 1952, Tops packs. You know, I mean, there are there are openings of 61 Flare basketball packs. People keep things sealed, and I get it. I get there's a market for it, and I get that it has significant value. It's just not my bag. And, um, you know, I'm sure there are investment people out there who will tell me that I'm missing out on probably the best way to invest in
1: sports cards. But, again, that's just not for me. Three or four more left. Uh, if a player performs performance – Influencers card prices and great performances lead to spikes. Then why has Pokemon spiked so rapidly? Nothing has really happened with Pokemon. Is it all just hype and social media influencers or people hoping to get rich? So who asked that question? Ryan Bitter. And then Drake responded, uh, I was going to ask a similar question around what we saw with huge increases in wrestling cards. The Rock hasn't wrestled in years, yet his 97 Cardinal and Bumblebee cards are on fire. Yep. Two-part question, if you can handle that. Yep. So, guys,
0: performance is only one part of the equation. We kind of have to go back to supply and demand on these things, right? So what we saw is an increased demand for Pokemon and a minimal supply, Right, a a, just a minuscule supply for the specific cards that people are looking for now, and it's part of the whole flex that you guys are talking about, right? You know, when Logan Paul puts a Charizard up there, or Steve Aoki puts a Charizard, or Gary V puts a Charizard up there, there are other people who want to get that card, and it moves the market. It just does. Um, And there's just not enough supply for everybody to get those. Also, Pokemon collectors, and and there have been plenty of them before this year. It's not just the guys who got in this year. They're really religious with their cards. So even though you see a pop 120 of those charizards probably half of those if not more are in collections where people are not selling them they're not moving them so the available pop is even lower than the stated pop on the psa website um so it is a great question though right because it it does show you the difference between the pokemon cards that are going up and the common you know Luca performance you know uh um uh, michael porter jr or Tyler hero they're all pokemon cards now the spike in pokemon cards is mostly not totally mostly on um the vintage pokemon these cards are 25 years old 20 years old um the supply is not going up psa is not grading many tens on these um and you're right there's no real impact i mean there look there are pokemon shows coming out there was a detective pikachu movie that came out and obviously those you know you could you could say that it keeps the stuff relevant but you can't compare Luca's PSA 10 cards to Pokemon. You can compare them to recent Pokemon. You can compare them to like the, um, the hidden fates ultra shiny Charizard card, which had some hype to it. And then when the next thing came out, it kind of went down a little bit. Um, you can't compare Pokemon or even wrestling cards of the greats, the, you know, the, the, the Hulk Hogan's the Andre, the giants, those guys there, the, the, the supply is low. It stayed low. It is staying low, but the demand happened to go up this year. Guys, if you think what's going on in Pokemon and wrestling is crazy, look at what happened in tennis cards. I mean, Novak Djokovic's cards are 10X because there's none of them out there. And all you needed was a little bit of increase in demand with no increase in supply. And all of a sudden, the cards, you know, they go up. Um, There are a lot of people out there who think Pokemon um, is akin to basketball vintage, uh, vintage basketball cards. I've heard a lot of people say, okay, Pokemon's going to be the next – Vintage Basketball, it's going to go down because, you know, just like Basketball, Vintage flew and then came down the same thing happened with Pokemon. Um, that remains to be seen. I honestly don't think that's going to happen um, because I think what happened with um, with uh, Vintage Basketball, is, you know, a lot of people chase a lot of cards and then a lot of cards came out of the woodwork. People who had these cards, um, you know, high pop cards, people who had them, they, they showed up and said, okay, I'm going to sell them now. And you need to compare <clears throat> the pop of those cards to um to the Pokemon cards. So I mean a card that I owned up until yesterday, the PSA 9 Michael Jordan uh the PSA John, Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, Julius Irving card, right? That card was $5,000 last year and was as high early this year as $26,000, it's back down to about 15. Losing 600 change of those cards. Compare that to the Charizard that there's 120 of. You know, compare that to <clears throat> to any of those other cards. Um now you could also say the lower grade Charizards or the low grade Pokemon ones that that have had a run up. There's more of those out there, um, and people are gonna, you know, that pe- there might not be as much uh, demand and there is significant supply. And that will apply also if you're if you're really talking about Pokemon to the unlimited stuff. You don't realize how much of that there is out there. There is a ton. There's a ton probably being graded probably still.
1: Probably unlimited amount, right?
0: That's what they call it, Unlimited. But yeah, it's almost Unlimited. They printed a hell of a lot of that 99 Unlimited. So if there is one little kind of like word to the wise that I will throw out there on the Pokemon stuff, especially like the Charizards, the Hollows, those Unlimiteds, they've really flown. If if something is going to go the way of Basketball Vintage and go down after that spike, it'll be those, I, I believe. Not the first edition ones, just because, you know. There's... <laughs>
1: go ahead. To piggyback, specific to Basketball cards, we saw modern card prices spike first, followed by vintage basketball cards spiking, both then retreating at varying percentages. Since we are all anticipating the modern basketball card market rising again as the season approaches, do you think vintage basketball follows? I do. I
0: do. um, And we talked about this earlier with one of the other questions. I I think what happens on it, and I like to say rising tide lifts all ships, right? Um, What happens on it is you're going to see people start to pay $800 again for a Zion PSA 10. you know, you're going to see Trey in that same range, go back to 700 bucks, 800 bucks for the base, the silver going to $2,500, Luca, the same deal. And everybody loves those guys. But eventually there will be this moment where you take a step back and say, okay, do I want to pay the same price for a Trey Young silver, non-numbered PSA 10, as I can buy a Shaq 1992 upper deck PSA 10 that has a pop-up and Mm -hmm. 12 or whatever it may be 309 right now you know people will do that analysis and say okay in if trey has his best career ever is he winning four or five rings three world three um you know um finals mvp awards and top 10 player of all time is he gonna match what Shaq has maybe but maybe not. So let's buy the Shaq. Let's buy the Kobe. Let's buy. The, I think that's what happened last time around when people saw the modern stuff go up. They said vintage is too cheap, and we'll see it again.
1: K Dizzles cards, both with K though. K Dizzles cards at the K. How many cases are produced each year of product? What is this discrepancy between hobby only release and hobby retail release? Is there a specific piece of data you could look at to get this estimate?
0: So yeah, the wrapper. So every product has its own different amount released, right? And um, and one of the things that gets lost in this, is a little bit of math, I used to do this as a kid. So sometimes they're stated, you can look on the website and they'll tell you how many cases are being produced, you name it, especially the limited quantity ones. Um, but first, hobby retail. Retail releases are something that's supposed to go, like those blasters, something that's supposed to go to Walmart, Target. It's supposed to be going to retail stores. And that line has been blurred so much because You never really see those in a Walmart or Target because they're either going out the back door or someone's buying them the second they get released or bribing a manager or whatever the story is. And, and, you know, there's a blurred line between hobby. Also, used to be you go on blowout or or any online retailer and it was just hobby that they had. You didn't see cases of blasters for sale on blowout five years ago. But now it's a price point that allows people to get to them. And, and, um, you know, they're getting retail too. I don't know if they're getting retail direct from, from Panini or Topps, you name it, or if they're also buying them secondary and, and selling them, I honestly don't know. Um, but retail and hobby, that line has been blurred, but it's specific products that are made that were supposed to be sold in retail stores like Target and Walmart. The best way to find print runs, believe it or not, is to grab a wrapper of a card or get a screenshot of a wrapper of the card and look at the stated odds, mm-hmm. right? So, and work backwards. So best way to do it is one of ones, right? You can find, um, let's just say a set has a hundred cards, right? And a one of one base card is one in a thousand packs, right? Then you know that there are a thousand one of ones and a hundred cards in the set, right? That means that there are, to- that means you have a thousand packs for every one of one and there's a hundred one of ones. That means they've made a hundred thousand total packs of that card. We do that again, right? So if the pack says the one of one card is one in a thousand packs stated odds and there's a hundred card sets, right? There's a hundred cards in the set. That means there are a hundred one of ones and they're found in one in every thousand packs. It means that they've made a hundred thousand packs of that product. It's easy, right? So, so if you're doing a box that has ten, ten 10 packs in a box, that means they've made 10,000 boxes. And if it's a, Ten box case. It means they made a thousand cases. So the best way to figure it out is work backwards from the stated odds, especially if they don't give you a. Uh, and I've seen I've seen such elaborate um, calculations of this on blowout forums. When a new release comes out, they'll do a whole math on the stated odds. Hey guys, I looked at the wrapper, and this is how many cards there are. And based on the you know based on this the print run of these, th- there should be you know forty seven hundred cases of this product. Um, you can always okay. figure it out based on the stated mm-hmm.
1: odds. Got. Uh, last one from the audience. I'll, I'll double check, but I think this is the last one. Cards to the max. Love you, man. Raiders. Yeah, fans. Max. Raiders. Dude, I, I love Cards to the max. He is so passionate about, um, what's it called? Positional players. He loves the positional players. <laughs> Maybe that's because you guys are stuck with Derek Carr QB, even though he's having a good year. After this year in football, are positional player cards values here to stay? Or when the hype dies down, do we see it being QB dominated again?
0: I think it'll always be QB dominated, but you're going to have running backs, wide receivers, tight ends actually remain relevant. And the reason for that is, um, hobby, uh, fantasy, excuse me. The hobby is, 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 is now meshing, dovetailing your favorite word with fantasy sports. And while the quarterback is always going to be the most valuable player in fantasy sports, just like they are on the hobby. You're going out there and you're drafting your Michael Thomas. You're going out there, you're drafting your Derrick Henry. And just like your, uh, who do we have on who talked about it? Um, Lefko, Adam Lefko, right, and he said, "This is my guy." You know, I get to I get to hold this card up, and it's my guy, right? Um, I'm, I'm, I'm miserable at the impersonations, but I'm trying my best. Oh, Lefko. I'm I sorry, it, man. I thought it was spot on. I thought it was So, spot on. so when you do fantasy. You're a fantasy guy, and you happen to draft the team. Maybe Drew Brees is your quarterback. Maybe Derek Henry is carrying you because he's you know he's crushing it. Natural for you to want to go out there and buy a Derek Henry, you know, rookie card, because you're invested in that guy. He's your guy. He's going to take you to the championship this season in fantasy football. Um, you know, so, so I do think that those position plays remain relevant because they're more relevant now because of fantasy and sports betting. Also you're seeing position guys carry um, real value. I mean, I think that Jerry Rice, 1986 FLIR uh, PSA 10 card that's sold for $30,000 it is a huge eye-opener for position player value. It shows you that it doesn't have to be a quarterback to hold value. Um, You know, a wide receiver can, if it's the right one, you know, running backs can Walter Payton, um, Barry Sanders, Emmitt Smith, you know, it doesn't have to be a quarterback. Um, And I also talked about about something with Gary Vee. When I collected as a kid, running backs were the jam. Everybody wanted Barry Sanders. When you open a pack, if you got Barry Sanders or Dan Marino, you wanted Barry Sanders. I mean, the quarterbacks were great. The quarterbacks had, had, had high values. Everybody wanted the Montana. Everybody wanted Farm. Everybody wanted those guys. But the highest value insert guys were Emmett Smith and Barry Sanders. I'm
1: telling you. On that topic, in, in our group chat on Instagram, they just posted um, – Cars of the Max actually just posted the 2020 Panini Phoenix Phoenix release. You want to cover any two cents on it?
0: Um. It's a good release. I saw they have like silver parallels as well. Somebody actually submitted a cool jaw Moran to us for our for our group sub that we're nice. going to be sending into PSA uh, the Phoenix. Um, I like it. Um, you know, it's a cool one of those cards that, that hasn't you know gone crazy price wise. You can still you know you can still reach it and open it. Um, it's not something that I would be investing my money in long term, but it's a fun break. You know, what it reminds me of it reminds me of Revolution. I get to open it with my son. You know, it's a cool pack. It's a cool thing to break. It's a cool, you know, like a breaker's product, you know, Um, something for them to have on hand and and you can break. Um, It's not something that I would be, you know, stockpiling PSA 10 rookies out
1: of. Okay, we have one more question from the audience, but I want to ask mine. The WNBA Prism Mm release. Makes me feel weird. Wow. Makes you feel weird. I don't like it. So I'll tell you why.
0: At least for me, there's a place in the hobby for that. There is, okay. And just like there's a place for, you know, expansion into everything, because, you know, what makes this hobby cool is it's to each their own. You know what I have? I have some garbage pill kids. That's not for everybody, right? I mean, those are stupid cartoons with snot coming out of kids' noses and stuff. But it. it it hits me somewhere because I remember putting those stickers on my denim binder in fourth grade. You know what I mean? My trapper keeper. Christ, no. no, I'm just I'm throwing it out there. Kids had denim binders. I had a trapper keeper, man. Don't mess with me. Like, you know what trapper keeper
1: is? You would cut up your jeans and you know how you need a book cover. No, they actually
0: would... had they had binders that were denim. They had like actual denim. The binder was like denim material. I had a trapper keeper, and if you
1: don't know what that is, folks, look this? it up. Was this when like Levi's was the thing? Like everyone wanted Levi jeans.
0: Are you trying to tell me Levi's is not the thing still?
1: I'll tell you. So my, my parents, we grew up in uh, Ukraine, and if you owned, they they tell me stories of this. If you were able to get one pair of Levi jeans, mm-hmm. it was like you made it. It was there you go. Piece, the sign of prestige and wealth. Uh, so super interesting. Now no one wears jeans. I wear jeans. I don't. Of course, I do.
0: You're wearing a suit. I'm not wearing jeans to work. But I wear jeans.
1: One more question from Drake: Is it better? No, to... No,
0: we're not. We're not. we not. We're not done with that. Not so WNBA, break. right? So there are people out there who like the WNBA, you know, and and they want to get into the card, you know, craze too. And and I wouldn't be buying it to flip it. I wouldn't buy it myself. But they, listen, it's to each their own, right? I've told people that I wouldn't buy tennis cards. I wouldn't buy Serena Williams, but there are people out there making plenty of money on Serena Williams cards and Novak Djokovic and uh, Roger Federer. Um, I don't see it. Look, Yam's asking about NASCAR cards. That's not for everybody. Trust me. The I don't see many sneaker flippers who are going to be buying NASCAR cards. It's just not, you know, it, it doesn't seem like a, you know, a cool crossover. Um, but there are people who will buy them just like there are people who would Spending plenty of money on WNBA prism cards.
1: Would you would you buy a Sabrina Ionescu card? No, gold for two thousand eight hundred
0: eighty dollars. Well, think about it. Equal pay for equal play, right? How much is that same gold Lamelo ball going to be?
1: I don't even. I know. I've Probably, 10 Probably ten times. Probably ten times. The Bryant's. I know she's really close with Kobe and all those people. But Sabrina has already done something. Has you she? Know?
0: Yeah, I've man. Never seen her play. So, the point being, I think you can make a reasonable argument that that's a that's inexpensive
1: for that card. So, her base is going right around fifty to seventy-five bucks. See, and there are people out there who think it's worth it. You
0: happen to not be one of them. Supply and demand, man. So obviously there is a demand for it; otherwise, it wouldn't be selling for fifty or seventy bucks.
1: Probably. I mean, how much is Trey Young's prism? Trey Young's prism is probably like seventy-five bucks. Probably a lot more Trey prisms. Okay, good, 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 good. I think this is the last question. Is it better to own one high-end RC or multiple low to mid-end RCs of a player? For example, the Tom I like the authentic RC PSA ten, that's a high-end card, or one Bowman Chrome, one Fleer Showcase, and one SPX. Name your combo of Brady cards that would be equal to that one SP Authentic.
0: It depends on what you want to do in the hobby. It depends on the card and the guy and your long-term hold on it, right?
1: So so
0: um, Mike Trout, for me, is a long-term, long-term hold, and I only own one Mike Trout card, and it is a PSA 10 gold 2011 update. I have one of those in my PWCC vault. Love those guys. Thank you. Um, I don't have a million base rookies of, of, of him now with Tatis coming up last year and he was not the goat yet. I think he still may be. I went out and I bought as many of his base rookies as I could find. Um, I think for liquidity purposes for, you know, if he, if I need to move out on that card um, or if I wanted to sell some of them, but maintain some, um, I went with I went that route And keep in mind, a Brady, I would probably try to buy as best a card in as best grade as my wallet would allow me to buy, because it doesn't matter what happens to Brady this year, his legacy is pretty cemented as one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever put a helmet on. Um, whereas somebody like Tatis, um I may not be as sold on him in two years, but I might still think he's going to be great. And maybe I want to sell half of my position on him. Being in multiple lower level cards will allow you to get out partially on somebody or sell for profit partially for somebody better than buying one high-end card would be. That's an all or nothing proposition. You can't move in and out of that person. So that's, that's, the, that's the difference. Normally with me, I try to buy... Um, Uh, lower end cards you know for guys who are more prospecting on guys who are still playing guys who are still proving themselves and the guys who've already cemented their legacy i try to buy something more higher end
1: one or two and guys i know this is a longer episode but i think there's so much value in here cage is cage is 20 years of experience so much so much value here cage good stuff man Uh, thank you We hope the guys are
0: appreciating this because I'd love to make this, you know, a regular thing. I mean, it's you know, we're we're we're, I'm hoping we're getting your your
1: questions out there. Go ahead. I keep seeing questions, so I'm wanting to ask you another one. (laughs) They're still coming. Good. Heroes actually posted this, so this is from his page. From (laughs) who? Like heroes. Heroes for sale. Heroes for sale. There are only two PSA ten Wayne Gretzky rookies. And this, the OPG, was the first. OPG. It's a C. It's
0: OPG. It's OP. C, OPC. Yep, OPG. The
1: first PSA 10 graded. Do you think when the card was graded should change the price?
0: No. No. Um, I think the card determines the grade. Now, if you're talking about, hey, a PSA card was graded more recently and there are a bunch of 10s and the more recent 10 looks nicer than the prior 10, sure, that then when it was graded and the scrutiny given to it should impact it, but you know, if there are two tens, and you know the guy who had the first ten graded by PSA says I want to get a fifty percent premium for mine because it was the first one graded over the second one graded, that's silly. I w- I wouldn't care. I have one of the two, whether it was the first one graded or the last one graded, it doesn't really matter to me.
1: Go ahead. Two last questions. Do you want a question that is dedicated towards you, or a question that's dedicated to someone else first?
0: Uh, someone else.
1: Thoughts on sports card investor. Jeff catches a lot of heat. I do and don't get it from reckless cards.
0: So who's sports card investor? Is this the guy who,
1: uh, who does YouTube videos? Yeah, honestly, we don't know anything about him. I, I, we don't watch his stuff. We don't. Uh... So here's the deal, right? There are a lot of people out there
0: who fall into that category. I think it's like, you know, a pay for play, pay for picks, that kind of stuff, right? I think, you, know, you pay for YouTube channel and all that other fun stuff. And that's fine, right? And... Um, Um, I don't know what kind of heat he's catching or not catching or where the story is. Um, If it's the person I think you're talking about, he's got a pretty decent following and obviously he's coming on doing what we're doing, which is talking about sports cards and picks and and telling you what's a card to invest in and and the whole deal. And I would imagine, um, you know, that the audience kind of speaks for itself, right? You know, if he, if he was, if he was not good at what he was doing, people wouldn't be listening and the audience count would be going down. Right. I mean, our audience count goes up every day. Um, Maybe that's because they like hearing Andrew, you know, with meditation chants or whatever it is that he's bringing to the audience today. I have no idea. But I mean, the guy seems to have a following again, if it's the same person I think you're talking about and that following wouldn't stay if what he was saying wasn't making sense. So I don't know what kind of heat he's, he's getting. Um, there are a lot of resources out there for you guys. I wouldn't put all your eggs in one basket. Um But if this, what do you say? It's sports, sports investor, sports card investor. What's it called? Sports, sports. card investor. Um, if you find value in what he's bringing you, then great. Go, you know, more power to you. You know, you're, you're, there's, there's a lot of stuff out there for you to digest in the hobby and, um,
1: you know, 412 sports cards. I'm feeling this a Pittsburgh guy. Uh, cage has a lot of high value cards. You ever get nervous having so much money in cards? Yes. A hundred percent.
0: 100%. So I mean listen, I don't I wouldn't say I have a lot of high value sports cards, but I do. I have them and and you know, it's funny. It's it's a constant and ever evolving um you know, portfolio of cards. Cards that I put pictures up of last week, I don't have anymore because I'm trading up for something else. Um do I get nervous having that much in cards? I've seen the card market up, I've seen the card market down. I've seen the regular stock market up, I've seen it down. Um The big money cards that I own, I try to keep in what I consider true blue chip pieces. You know, um, Like Michael Jordan, uh, 86 clear is is a perfect example. Um, Is it possible that I lose money in that card? Possibly, I guess. Is it more possible the card goes down in value? Yes. Now that's a big difference, right? Because a card like that is not something I'm looking to sell anytime soon. So if you told me that golden auction right now is 115,000, if you told me that it ended for 115, but that in next month or in six months, auction started ending at 85 or 90, would I be happy? No, I obviously would not be happy because it means that the value of the card that I own has gone down, but it doesn't mean that I've lost money. Uh, it's a fun little Warren Buffett thing, right? He doesn't lose until he sells and he never sells, right? He doesn't lose money on a stock or a company he buys into until he sells the stock, and he doesn't sell the stock at a loss. It's the same kind of thing. I try to, I try to think about this as a long game for those high end cards, um, and I'm not selling a Michael Jordan card anytime soon. If I ever wrong? sell it,
1: go ahead, yeah, please. Reason, and this is such a nuance. I think uh, I want to hear what you have to say about this too, Kate. Yep. I think the reason Warren Buffett doesn't sell, one, he has unlimited capital now. But when he started investing is because he was investing in high dividend stocks too. And those high dividend stocks would give him cash flow. So he wouldn't need to sell to reinvest. And that's really important because most of the time you sell to reinvest. Mm -hmm. That's why having a PSA submission with raw cards that kick you cash. That is just an engine that makes you money allows you the freedom to ride the highs and lows because you do have the cash flow coming in from your, and I'll put it in quotation, side business. Yeah. It's, I think it's the same thing because it's all sports cards, but one side is investing and that's going to go up and down. But if you, if, if you don't have the liquidity, you're going to be forced to sell. But if you're able to kick into gear the second, this uh, PSA submission aspect of your business, then you have much more freedom to use the money that comes from that to reinvest in the future.
0: I got back grades yesterday from PSA. The cards will be coming in soon, I'm sure. Based on our picks, uh, there was a week where I did Tatis and you did Tyler Hero, and I went five for five on uh, on some Tatis PSA tens and five for seven on Hero base, just buying off eBay. Um, I got ten, I got I got five Tyler Hero tens coming in. But yeah, your point is 100% right. You have to have a lot of coals in the fire, right? And the cards that you guys know about from my pictures and stuff from me sharing with you guys those are not cards I'm selling anytime soon the cards that I'm gonna sell um, you know to allow me to buy cards like that are the ones that I'm sending in the PSA I'm buying real cards it's, it's the cards we talk about day in and day out on our episode card picks that we give you um, you know when when my when my 67 Kyle Lewis base cards come back hopefully a few of them are tense. And I'll sell a few of them, you know, that's, that's what, 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 Andrew's talking about.
1: Luca nation. We love you guys very, very, very much. Ian just left a comment on your fat juice. <laughs> he, he said pizza, chew, pizza, chew, nice. Pizza <laughs> um, Thanks for sticking around with us. Hey, Jenny, any closing remarks?
0: Yeah, guys, let us know what you think about this, right? I mean, you were really great asking all these questions. And the reason why it's a longer episode is because we try to get to as many questions as we can and actually name you guys and and, and give you a spot in this episode. If this is something you like, we'd love to do it and continue to do it um, at a pretty regular interval with you guys. Um, And, you know, that's, that's really it. I mean, I love answering these questions. And as we said in the beginning, I don't know if my answers are right. They're just the right answer for me. It might not be the right answer for you. Do your work, do your homework, do your due diligence, do your research, um, and, you know, buy what you love. For spending some time with us on another episode of the Lucas Tigers and Bronze Oh My podcast, um, do us a favor and like, subscribe. And you know what? Don't just like and subscribe. Everybody does that. If you like us, tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell your enemies, tell everybody and uh, we hope you got something from spending some time with us today, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.